is the church pointless? Sometimes we feel that way. I think probably if I'd ask every one of you, there's times when we ask that question. But a feeling does not define the right answer. A temporary feeling does not define what's true. What's the church? Church is fellowship with a purpose. And the way we put it is that we help people here at New Hope find and follow Jesus as we love, grow, and go. We have fellowship, but it's not just fellowship. It's fellowship with a purpose. One of the places we find in Scripture that describes this is over in 1 John. John is the author of 1 John, this letter. He also wrote the Gospel of John. And as he experienced the life of Jesus, as he hung out with Jesus, saw what Jesus did, the miracles that Jesus did, talked with Jesus, heard Jesus, the parables, the sermons, he recorded it for us in the Gospel of John, and then God inspired him to write letters like 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then God revealed the book of Revelation to him at the very latter part of his life. In this book of 1 John, he says, here's what I have experienced, what I've seen. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. We have seen it. We testify to it. Proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship Fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things that our joy may be complete. So when we talk about the church, we're talking about fellowship with a purpose, and you're invited into fellowship. You're invited to be in relationship, in community, with God and with one another. That's what it's saying here in 1 John. Now the Greek word, not that you need to memorize it, but the Greek word is one you might have heard of, koinonia, it means common, to have in common, to have in relationship with one another. We share together. We share our lives together. We share conversation together. We share spiritual community, one with another. That's what the word means. It's what it means to be church. It's the experience of biblical community. Now sometimes we dilute that word fellowship. We'll have coffees, coffee, and donuts together. And we say, that's fellowship. Is that fellowship? Could be. Could be the start of fellowship. Could be the beginning of fellowship. Or it could just be coffees, coffee, and donuts. The question is whether it leads us to be more deeply involved in fellowship. Depends on the purpose of the get-together. A lot of times, we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus, which is right and true. We do need a personal relationship with Jesus. But we need a personal relationship with Jesus that's also shared among us. Sometimes people will substitute 
biblical fellowship with a purpose for just fellowship. One of the joys I've had is going to places like Alcoholic Anonymous with different friends dealing with alcohol kind of addiction. And actually I've been inspired to see people being very transparent, to share the struggles they have, and that's a form of fellowship, but doesn't go far enough. Because the fellowship that happens at a place like Alcoholic Anonymous or Narcotic Anonymous or these kinds of self-help groups only goes as far as keeping people sober. In the church, we want to replicate that kind of fellowship where we're sharing deeply with one another, but a fellowship with a purpose that points to God. Likewise, sometimes we go and we have fellowship at the golf course. I like golfing. I do have fellowship in the golf course. It's sometimes the beginnings of fellowship. Sometimes we're just talking about a slice or a hook. Those are terminology for how you hit your ball. And sometimes it's the beginning of fellowship, building relationships that leads to something deeper. And so certainly, again, just like coffee and donuts, it can be the beginning of fellowship. It can lead to deeper kind of fellowship. But if it only stops there with only the golfing, then we're not really getting to what would be authentic biblical fellowship, fellowship with a purpose. The Bible pictures us as a place not to be perfect. And that's why I bring up things like Alcoholic Anonymous, is we don't come together because we've got it all together. We don't come together because we're perfect. We don't come together because we know we've got it all figured out. We come together as dependent people, as people desperately depending upon Jesus, and then sharing that life of desperation, sharing that life of desperately trusting in Jesus together with one another. A lot of times in the church, we find it hard, don't we, to really share at that kind of deep level. Now, I tell you, as a pastor, this is sometimes a place where I struggle. I just spent about three weeks Traveling, intensely fellowshipping with my friend Jeff. He spent 24 hours a day on a plane, in a restaurant, going from hotels to hovels and everything in between and teaching together, working together. And you have some pretty deep and intense kind of fellowship, one with another. And so come back to the United States and we get very individualistic and so it's just harder at times, harder to have that kind of deep fellowship. So we got to find places, whether it's around a fireplace, sitting and interacting and deep kinds of conversations, being together one-to-one, groups of three, four, five, ten, whatever it takes to be able to enter in and have that real life, transparent life, one with another, wherever we can find those kinds of relationships. For remember what Jesus said? He says, when you gather in my name, how many does it take? Two or three who gather in my name. There he says, there I am in the midst of them. Now, what about church? Worship on Sunday mornings. Again, 
Worship on Sunday mornings can be the beginning of fellowship. But a lot of times, when we gather together on Sunday mornings, we can experience teaching, awesome teaching. We experience awesome worship together one another. But it's not necessarily the best place to really get to know someone and for them to get to know you in depth. Because we just don't have time. We're here for a little bit, then we leave. And my encouragement, if you're asking the question, is the church pointless, then ask the question, what are you expecting the church to be? Because the church is fellowship, and entering into fellowship means that we take intentional steps to enter into a relationship, one with another. And we can begin that on Sunday mornings, but it has to continue beyond these walls, generally. Sometimes it's pretty intense and pretty great fellowship happens here, but a lot of times we're just moving so fast on Sunday mornings that it's hard to really enter into that deeper kind of fellowship. Let's go on in 1 John. Fellowship with other believers should lead to fellowship with God. That's what it says at the end of verse 3 in 1 John. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so you also may have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with the living God, a relationship, an interrelationship, one with another, a relationship with God and with God's people. God's real. His presence is very real. Now in the Gospel of John, John says in John 20, 31, I've written these things so that you may believe. We enter into fellowship with God when we believe, when we trust. That's the reason why the Gospel of John is written. It's the reason why 1 John is written, for us to enter into that fellowship. You know, sometimes we think, yeah, wouldn't it be great to have been there walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus in the first century, just like John did? Yeah, it would have been great. But, you know, there were just as many people in the first century that didn't believe as there is these days. You could have been there, people could have been there, were there, who didn't necessarily trust in Jesus. And the Bible says that we have the Holy Spirit so that we can enter into the same kind of fellowship that the Apostle John had. Now, Lee Strobel has written a number of books. You might have read some of them. Anybody ever read any of Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Faith? Yeah, The Case for Easter, some of those kinds of books. And he's uh, often said that many people are not rejecting Jesus, but their experience of church. And my encouragement to you is to stick with it. Stick with it. If you've been hurt by the church, if you're hurting, we want to help you. We want to help you have that genuine fellowship that is purposeful. And what it means is that sometimes we have to work through those kinds of hurts, figure out how to forgive, figure out how to let go, and fellowship with a purpose. Because, yeah, sometimes... Sometimes thoughts enter our minds. I don't know if it's worth going to church. But feelings come, feelings go. And the way that we get past those kinds of feelings is recognizing the point 
that our point is to follow Jesus, to give glory to Jesus, to enter in one with another, to be organized together to give God glory. God created you to give glory to him. Your greatest joy you'll find in life is to give God the glory. That's what he made you for. Is the church pointless? Not if we have a point to what we're doing. Not if we have a point to what we're doing in church. Fellowship is encouragement, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some in the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. One of the things we know when you follow the history of the church and even today is that the church is responsible for starting hospitals and orphanages and major places where people are helped. One of the sad things that has happened in India, Kathleen and I had a little girl that we supported in India for a couple of years through Compassion International, and the country of India cut Compassion International off. And so there's not that opportunity for those children to be cared for, but Indian believers are still starting orphanages, still ministering to poor children and their families. And, for example, one of the places we're with, Samuel and Sarita, and so what they do now is they just have kids come to their home. And they care for them there, and they mentor them there in their home. And so the church around the world is doing things that share the love of Christ. We're doing things here in Adel that share the love of Christ. Love Adel Day we had, the other kinds of opportunities we have in our neighborhoods. That's a part of the point of the church is to care for our own communities and to care for the world. Here's the problem. The problem is that we so easily live in isolation. It's one of the lessons that I also bring back from the church in India. They are so good about living in community, uh, one with another, and being together one with another, encouraging one with another. So one of the things I like about missions trips, many things I like about missions trips, but one of the things I like is that when I go, I don't watch much TV. I watch 15 minutes of cricket one night, trying to figure that out. Um, good luck to that. Throwing the ball from every direction and home run is worth six runs and I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, so they spend time being with one another, living in spiritual community, one with another. The problem for us is we have box troubles. We all live in these boxes. Now, not so much probably in a Dell or in Dallas Center or wherever you live, but particularly in the cities, sometimes in the suburbs, people go to work, they drive into their driveway, close the door, go into this box. You don't have to get out of the box and you go inside the big box and then everybody has their own box within the house, right? Dad goes one direction, mom goes another direction, kids go another direction, each person has their own box, then everybody sits in front of a box. Either uh, a big box or a tiny little box 
and everybody's spending time in, in boxes and in front of boxes. Pretty hard to have spiritual community when all you're doing is living in boxes and in front of boxes. And it really, really hurts us in terms of living out the one another kinds of relationships that we're called to have. Lots of New Testament verses and passages that talk about being with one another. What kinds of relationships are we trying to produce? We're trying to produce relationships with one another. Now, there's lots of passages. I won't necessarily have us turn to all these passages. Gene Getz, in his book, Building Up, to, Building Up One Another, talks about 12 vital experiences that we're to have. You can just listen to these. Romans 12, 5, we are members of one another. Romans 12, 10, we're devoted to one another. Romans 12, 10, we honor one another. Romans 15, 5, we're the same mind as one another. Romans 15, 7, we accept one another. Romans 15, 4, we admonish one another. Romans 16, we greet one another. Roman, Galatians 5, we serve one another. Galatians 6, we bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 4, 2, we bear with one another. Ephesians 5, 21, we submit to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, we encourage one another. Do we do that? Some of those things are hard to do, aren't they? Some of them are easier. We greet one another. We can greet one another. We can encourage one another. Some of these things are harder to do. Be of one mind with one another. Submit to one another. But it's a part of what we live out relationally with a purpose. We do it because we want to build relationships and because we want to do it with a purpose. We live out relationships that are positive in spirit. We can get into these modes where we're pretty critical. Uh, Pastor Jeff and I a pastor I was talking with, I was traveling with, we were just talking about how the American culture can become really quite, quite critical. People critiquing one another, people tearing one another down. And at the church, we want it to be a safe place, a place where we can actually really live with one another in a real way, in a deep way, and not just have the claws out, not just hurt one another. Teens, you experience this kind of thing, don't you? I mean, one of the things that happens as teenagers is that everybody is feeling uncertain about their self-identity, so what do they do? Tear down one another. Now, it doesn't necessarily stop when you're a teenager. You can continue as adults. At the church, we want to be and we want to have relationships with purpose that we encourage one another. We have positive relationships. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so negative thought comes in your mind. Ask some questions. Say to yourself, Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. Negative thought. Get out of my mind. Philippians 4, 8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. And ask ourselves, 
is my thought noble? Is it worthy of God? Is it right? Is it the right thing? Is it pure or is it polluted by the things that the world is constantly directing at us? Is it lovely or is it ugly? Is it excellent? That is, does it accomplish the goals that God has given? Is it praiseworthy, worthy of praise to God? We want to produce relationships of love that help us to understand that the church has a point. John 13, 35. How do people know that we love Jesus? John 13, 35, Jesus tells us, if we love one another, you're really my disciples. If you love one another, that word love means self-sacrificing love. Love that gets beyond self, that cares for others. Pastor Ryan was talking about what generosity does for us and gets us beyond the misery index. And so that's what real love does. Gets us beyond the misery of me, myself, and I and gets us into a position where our generosity is a generosity, a generous spirit that we have of loving people, caring for people. By this all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And then we enter in in the church when we have a point to what we're doing. We enter into relationships of value and significance. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, Colossians. These passages talk about the church as the body of Christ. We're the body. We're connected together one with another. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says the body's a unit. Though made up of many parts, its parts are many. They form one body. That word body is used 16 times in 1 Corinthians 12. And so we move together. It's what that one another command told us to be of one mind with one another. Working together, moving together, ministering together. So finally, it's not just that we need the church. We are the church. You are the church. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you claim him as your Savior and Lord, you are the church. We are the church. And if we think the church is pointless, then we need to ask ourselves, am I entering into real relationships that have a point? We are the church. Church is not a building. It's not a program. It's a relationship with a purpose, with people and with God. Is the church pointless? Depends on whether we have genuine fellowship. Is the church pointless? Depends on whether our activities, our ministries have a point or not. Is the church pointless? Depends on who we're pointing toward. Are we pointing toward ourselves or are we pointing toward Jesus? Are we living out the life of Jesus among us? Are we giving glory to God? Let's pray to that end. Lord, we come together, we humble ourselves before you, recognizing that we fall short, that uh, we're not 
perfect, that none of us does what is perfect, but help us to get beyond ourselves and to enter into real and authentic relationships where we do live out the one another kinds of invitations that we have in Scripture. We come before you and we ask, Lord Jesus, help us to keep the point in mind, to point to you, to live our lives in giving glory to you. Help us to do that better today than we did yesterday. Help us to have breakthroughs one with another. Help each of us, I pray for each person who's here, that they might find at least one or two or three real and authentic relationships and be able to say, yeah, I had church. And church has a point. And I'm pointed in the right direction because of what you've done and what you're going to continue to do and Jesus, we call upon you. We ask you to do these things to your glory and in your name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing one more song before we go.